This is Dina Weiss for Hadar on Parashat Bereshit, inspired and independent. The first parasha of the Torah not only speaks of creation and construction, but it is also full of death and destruction. Chief among these foundational stories of our humanity is the tragic story of the first brothers, Cain and Hevel. Because Cain lived longer, he does more and speaks more than the brother murdered by his hand. Consequently, our attention when reading this story is often drawn to Cain. We want to know what motivated him to bring the first sacrifice that a human ever brought. We want to know what characterized his sacrifice and why it was not accepted. We want to know why Cain was so incredibly angry and what he said to his brother before killing him. But it is the character of Hevel, though only briefly glimpsed, that can teach us a tremendous amount about what it means to serve God with an independent, but also humble, spirit. The story of the brothers' sacrifices is quite condensed. In the course of time, Cain brought of the fruit of the ground as an offering to God, and Hevel himself also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. And God regarded Hevel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, God had no regard. So Cain was furious and his face fell. God said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. A close reading of these verses yields two important insights into Hevel's choice to bring his sacrifice. First, the inspiration for Hevel's offering appears to be the behavior of his older brother, as the language of the Hevel Hevi Gam Hu and Hevel himself also brought strongly implies. Of course, it is not unusual for younger siblings to want to do what their older brother or sister have done. What makes Hevel special is the second component of Hevel's choice, that he chose to imitate Cain in bringing a sacrifice, even though he didn't see that Cain's sacrifice was acknowledged by God in any way. From all appearances, Cain's sacrifice was not accepted, but Hevel is not deterred by this. Hevel is not assuming that his success is determined by whether or not his brother was successful. Although Hevel does imitate Cain initially, he considers his identity and his own actions to be completely independent of his brothers. Perhaps more significantly, it appears that Hevel is not necessarily looking for acceptance from God or validation from his brother or parents or anyone else. He brings his offering because he wants to bring it, not because of any advantage or praise that might accrue to him on its account. Hevel was moved to bring his flocks to God, perhaps because he was grateful, or because he thought it would bring him closer to God, 
but not because he thought he was ensured success. This is reflected in Hevel's name, which means vapor or nothingness. He does what he does and offers what he offers with no guarantee. He is comfortable with effort for naught. Sephorno's interpretation of Cain's attitude shows it to be in stark contrast with that of his brother. Lama charalach, lama kineta be'achacha, kido'eg al shekabalti korbano beratzon. God asked Cain, why are you furious? Why are you jealous of your brother, worrying that I accepted his sacrifice willingly? According to this interpretation, God's question to Cain reflects that Cain has the opposite attitude of Hevel. Cain was not upset about the fact that his sacrifice wasn't accepted until God accepted his brothers instead. God chastises him. Why are you so upset? Why are you getting so angry over the fact that Hevel's sacrifice was accepted? The acceptance of Hevel's sacrifice does not make your sacrifice less valid. And if you improve, maybe I will show favor to you. Hevel demonstrates how important it is not to let someone else's failures determine whether you yourself are willing to do what they have done. Hevel is able to look at the silence that meets his brother's sacrifice as not necessarily determining whether or not his sacrifice will be met with the same unresponsiveness and opacity from God. Hevel doesn't look at what did happen and see it as the proof of what will happen. He looks at what could happen. He knows that he is not his brother's shadow. Hevel understands that he could follow in Cain's footsteps and nevertheless end up in a new, different, and better place. As the Sforno continues in God's critique of Cain, Hevel's foil and opposite. God asks Cain, Why has your face fallen? When there is something that can be done to fix what has been set awry, one shouldn't be upset about the past. Rather, one should try and fix it for the future. God teaches the lesson to Cain that Hevel intuitively understands. Even if the first sacrifice has failed, the second sacrifice might succeed. Hevel sees what has happened to his brother and thinks, maybe I can learn from him, and maybe I can improve upon him. Maybe I can achieve what has not yet been accomplished. Hevel's optimism is fostered by looking at his fate as being independent from his brothers. He is willing to try again. Cain is vexed and depressed because he can't imagine things getting better. He sees the acceptance of his brother's sacrifice as something threatening rather than inspiring. He sees it as fatal rather than as hopeful. What is so unique and instructive about Hevel's character is not only his fundamental independence of spirit. We also learn from the way that the fact that he is not looking for acceptance and validation from others or from their experiences does not mean that he thinks that he is better than everyone, that he has nothing to learn from them. To the contrary, he saw what Kayan did and was inspired by it. Rabbi Kalanimus Kalman Epstein, the Moor of Shemesh, details how to navigate the tension between being independent of the opinions of others and dependent on their wisdom in his commentary to Parashat Kedoshim. He begins by responding to the Rambam's suggestion that people need to separate themselves from negative influences. 
although he agrees that in certain circumstances, one may need to separate oneself from people who encourage bad behavior, he emphasizes that the approach of isolation is limited. When one is by oneself, then the only person they can learn from is themselves. Tends to the idiosyncratic, and eventually, God forbid, incorrect. Here the Mo'or Vashemesh reflects Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi's great teaching in the beginning of the second chapter of Mishnah Avot. Rabbi Omer, Ezo hiderach yishara sheyavor lo ha'adam, kol shihi tiferet lo osaha v'tiferet lo min ha'adam. Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi says, what is the straight path that a person should choose? One that is considered beautiful by the one who does it and beautiful by humanity. Like Hevel, we should be inspired by the beautiful behavior of the people who surround us and also use their guidance when it is relevant. But the other side of Hevel, his independence from the opinions of other people, is also reflected in the continuation of the Moor Vashemesh's thoughts on holiness and separateness in Parashah Kedoshim. Ki ha'ikar hu hitbodadut ha'machshava. Lachshov tamid b'romamut eluhuto yitbarach. For the primary form is to be isolated in one's own mind and to be constantly thinking about the loftiness of the blessed God. Even when he is in a large community, he should constantly attach his mind to the blessed creator, as the author of the Chovot HaLevavot wrote in The Gate of Separation that the primary element of separation is that when a person is in a house full of people, he should imagine that the house is empty. This means to say that he should attach himself to the blessed creator with his mind, as if he doesn't know that there is anyone else there. Specifically, a person needs to come to great attachment during prayer until it almost seems to him that there is no other creature there aside from the holy blessed one. And this is the fundamental form of isolation. According to the Marva Shemesh, every person needs to have a place for themselves, a place that is uninfluenced by the opinions and judgments of others, a place where a person can go and be one with God and one with themselves. The relationship is fluid and changing. Sometimes you'll be looking to learn from people and seeking to follow their example. And sometimes you'll need to step away, step inside yourself, and use your own independent intuition as your guide. This dynamic is prevalent in all of our lives and touches on questions from the most trivial, like what to wear or what food to serve, to the most fundamental questions of our identities as moral people and servants of God. The question of whether to change our own path or follow the example of others. The question of whether to accept the feedback we receive from others, whether explicitly or implicitly, or to choose to be true to ourselves, our personalities, and our priorities. This tension will not, and should not, be entirely resolved. But Hevel presents a good picture of the way we can learn from others, but not feel that our fates, 
necessarily will or must follow theirs. Hevel teaches us not to be discouraged by past results and instead be encouraged by a future of possibility. Wishing you a Shabbat of inspiration and independence. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly Divrei Torah. To see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.